Welcome to day 116 and Shaped wow. by the Word. This has been a lot of fun as we've gone through the Gospel of Luke and then the book of Acts, and now we're going through Paul's letters. And we come to Paul's letter to the Corinthians, and this is one of the more difficult letters, you know, both, you know, to process because Paul is moving uh, from one problem in the church to another problem in the church, and we're hearing one side of the conversation. They're describing, you know, the struggles they're having to him, and he is responding, you know, to those, you know, to those struggles. So we open up, you know, the book with the struggle of factions, how the church is kind of dividing over their favorite leaders and pitting one leader against another leader, and you know, they they have their own self esteem and status through, you know, the teachers they're following and name dropping and doing all of that. And Paul brings them in, you know, talking about how the gospel doesn't lift up leaders; the gospel lifts up. Jesus. And now we're, we're dealing with, you know, the sexual immorality that's kind of creeping in the church, worldly attitudes about, you know, sex and marriage. And so we've dealt with, you know, some hard cases. And, and now we deal with the case, you know, with the current persecution that's taking place in the church and the imminent return of Christ. How should we treat, how should we treat marriage? So this is an interesting passage, uh, you know, in so many, you know, so many different ways. So before, um, before we uh, dig into this, um, I'm going to ask the person I'm married to, uh, to <laughs> lift call. us up in a word of prayer. <laughs> Father, we thank you for um, time in your word. And we thank you, Lord, that, uh, your word speaks <clears throat> speaks to us um, in ways that we um, need to to be challenged, in ways that we need to uh, hear um, what you want for us. And so, Father, we just ask that you would use this time in your word to uh, teach us and to guide us, to convict us, Father, to even encourage us and to uh, call us call us on in, in faith, Lord. So we thank you for that, and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Now for the matters you wrote about, and of course that's the other side of the conversation mm-hmm. that we're not you know, quite hearing. Uh, now for the matters you wrote about. It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the, the wife to her husband. Wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband in the same way the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Say this is a concession, not as a command. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. To the married I give this command, not I but the Lord. Wife must not separate from her husband, but if she does, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband, and a husband must not divorce his wife. To the rest I say this, I, not the Lord, if any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy." 
But if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or sister is not bound in such circumstance. God has called us to live in peace. How do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will uh, save your wife? Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is a rule laid down in all the churches. Was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not become uncircumcised. Was a man uncircumcised when he was called? He should not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commands is what counts. Each person should remain in the situation they were when God called them. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you, although if you can gain your freedom, do so. For the one who was a slave when called to faith in the Lord is the Lord's freed person. Similarly, the one who was free when called is Christ's slave. You're bought at a price. Do not become slaves of human beings. Brothers and sisters, each person as responsible to God should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. Now about virgins. I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you've not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she is not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not, those who mourn as if they did not, those who are happy as if they were not, those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep, those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed by them, for this world in its present form is passing away. I'd like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in the right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone is worried that he might not be acting honorably toward the virgin he is engaged to, and if his passions are too strong and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. He's not sinning. They should get married. But the man who has settled the matter in his own heart, who is under no compulsion but has control over his own will, and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man also does the right thing. So then he who marries the virgin does right, but he who does not marry her does better. A woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. In my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is. And I think that I, too, have the spirit of God. All right, fascinating stuff all the way through. So, Cindy, what impresses you at <laughs> all of this? He swore that all our problems. <laughs> I know. Oh, I don't know. I guess kind of in the beginning, disconcerting married life, how he just talks about uh, you, you know, a wife not um, is not her own body is not her own, and the husband the same way. It's just the beauty of um, kind of. Mul- Kind of a, what I would call a mutual submission to one another. Yeah, our mutual life. giving yes. of one of another. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And you know, that's very that. interesting, which is something that we often miss in Paul because we see in him, you know, radical patriarchy. Sometimes we yeah. miss how radical he was, mm-hmm. you know, in representing 
uh, what the how the gospel had liberated you know women in his, his time frame, right. and he even uses the word authority, mm-hmm. you know, obviously in a, in a Greek and and, and uh, Roman culture, it was be commonly stated that a husband has authority over his wife's body to reverse that and mm-hmm. to say that uh, a woman has authority over her husband is kind of a crazy reversal. Um, but the truth of the mutual giving of the gospel, yeah. you know, that comes in. And so it is, it is, you know, something that you know, a lot of this, you know, is strange to us. <laughs> you know, we, we love the part where he says, you know, to a guy, if you're engaged and you decide not to get married, that that's great. And the girls are going, what? You know? <laughs> what about me? <laughs> yeah, what about me? And, 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 and all of that. that. But he is, you know, putting this in the context of the time is short. He believes, right. you yeah. know, in the imminent yeah. return of Christ and because of the days that we live in, you know, the right. struggles, you know, that... Uh, 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 the struggles that the church is experiencing at this particular time with persecution, you know, as well. So those are part of the context, you know, in which he is his writing. And of course, he reminds mm-hmm. us, you know, it's it's a gift and calling from God. Mm-hmm. So for those who are married, is a gift and calling from God. And those, you know, are single. That's also a gift right. and a calling, you know, from the Lord. And for each one of those, you know, to honor uh, to honor the gift that you have received as it as it is. Mm-hmm. No, and as he's kind of making his way through the start of chapter seven, then we get down to you know verse seventeen. I I love this verse where he goes, nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned them, just as God has mm-hmm. called them. And and what, and what I love about this is whatever situation you might find yourself in, whether you're married or single or or widowed or married to an unbeliever. Um, whatever situation, and it, there, there's this great kind of comfort and, and hope mm-hmm. he gives you right there, saying like, you know, the Lord is aware of this, and in fact, he, he's called you to this. Mm-hmm. And so there's this nearness of God with his people and, and whatever situation they might right. find themselves in. There. He hasn't abandoned them or given them something lesser than, uh, but he's yeah. actually very close to them and, and is intimately aware of, of where we are, and, and I find that a lot of comfort. Yeah. We spend, especially in Western culture, we spend most of our time thinking about how we can improve our circumstances rather than how we can honor God in our circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, he's even boldly says this to those who are in slavery. He's not commending, you know, slavery is all. He said, where you slave, don't let it trouble you. Although if you can gain freedom, you know, do so, you know, by all means. But he is talking about remember your status in the Lord and use your circumstances in the Lord, you know, to honor him for the sake mm-hmm. of the gospel. And, of course, this is something he has been saying all along, that we need to learn how to lay aside our rights mm-hmm. for the greater truth of unity in the body of Christ and for the sake of our testimony, you know, to, you know, testimony, to the, you know testimony of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, you know, uh, I also think, you know, that that's a, you know, kind of an interesting verse. If any man who's married should live as if he is, as though he were, he were not. Yeah. Obviously, there's just some limits, you know, to that, you know, to that command whatsoever. But what he's talking about, those who are buying things as if it weren't yours to keep, those who enjoy the things of the world, don't get caught up in them. You know, those are always a great, you know, calling for us that our marriage doesn't become bigger, you know, than our relationship with our Lord, that mm-hmm. our stuff doesn't become bigger, you know, than our relationship mm-hmm. with the Lord, that we're not engrossed with the worldly things around us. All of these things can compete for our affections, and our affections should be fully, you know, devoted to the Lord. And obviously, you know, that, you know, that goes back to what he's earlier saying, you know, mutually giving ourselves to one another mm-hmm. for the sake of the Lord in, in marriage, 
which is a you know a great gift and a great calling and a beautiful portrait you know of the gospel you know as, as well so interesting approach on all, all of those things and i do like how he does you know kind of approach the marriage honestly mm-hmm. in in verse 28 you know those who marry will face many troubles in this life and i want to spare you from this and he does go on to exhort you know those of us who are married and all of us as believers that as paul was saying you know the time is short and so don't be this divided person of getting you know kind of kingdom priorities out of out of order mm-hmm. but you know we even say kind of clichely but you know god is first christ is first in our lives and so there is that fight in everyone's life to to maintain that yeah. and to mm-hmm. to make sure that that is true of us and and i think definitely this passage will call us to kind of look at ourselves and, and evaluate it is christ first am i first is that my first priority is that where my my main focus is going now that's, that's an excellent little passage mm-hmm. uh, our morning shouldn't become so big that it overcomes the kingdom our sense of happiness shouldn't be so big that it overcomes our sense of kingdom our possessions mm-hmm. uh, are the things in, in this world all of those things you know the world in its present form he said is passing away and uh, we should be more invested in, in what is coming mm-hmm. than you know than uh, what is passing away and what a wonderful call of the gospel you know and uh, so what a beautiful uh, we, we may not agree with Paul and a lot of you know a lot of the, you know a lot of his you know attacks toward you know marriage and and all of that but we definitely agree with the gospel it should flavor our marriage it should mm-hmm. bring us into uh, flavor everything we do and how we respond in every way and uh, to thank God for his his good gifts and to treasure him far more you know than the gifts that he's given us mm-hmm. absolutely and he says in verse uh, 35, I'm not saying, I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord, mm-hmm. which is the call on all of our lives. Mm-hmm. And that is, yeah, that is the right way. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the invitation to know you and to know you uh, in an undivided way. We thank you for the good gifts you've given us, either in singleness or in marriage. Uh, we thank you for the circumstances you've placed us in, whether they're favorable or unfavorable. We thank you that you've given us an opportunity to know you and uh, to carry the gospel well, though others may know you in, in our marriages, in our singleness, in our dire circumstances, in our, in our more plentiful circumstances. You are a good God, and it is good to know you and walk with you. Give us an undivided heart. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.